and amen. Wow, it is so great to be with, like, it's good to be in your house. How, do you guys not have an amazing pastor? I know he doesn't like to be the center of attention and put on the spot, but I love this guy, and it's such a privilege to be here with you in your house, uh, in your neighborhood, in your city, and uh, just on behalf of High Point and all of our other pastors. By the way, my name is Bob, and I'm one of the pastors at High Point, and we're just we're so glad to be partnered with you guys. And I realize none of you actually know. Hey, you too. I was like, where is she? So, are they awesome? Wow. You guys, you guys have it made here. It's so good. Um, I, I realize that most of you don't know me like Dave and Bree know me. And where's Blake and Jenna? I'm going to pick on them a few times. I know the redemption people are here. So if I call you out, I want to hear more hoops and hollers, all right? We're all about church planting. So I, I, again, I realize most of you have no idea who I am. Uh, probably the most important thing you need to know about me um, is that I didn't grow up in the church. I don't have all the church baggage uh, that a lot of folks have. Some of you are nodding your head like, yep, I get that. Um, actually, when I got, it's, it's turning into like story time with Uncle Bob here for a second. So <laughs> sorry, um, amuse me. Um, when, uh, when I was in my 20s, I was actually, I was a touring musician, and most people can't say this, kind of my claim to fame is I actually got saved at one of my own gigs, uh, which was crazy. I was playing at a Promise Keepers rally. Anybody remember Promise Keepers? Okay, that's our, all the old people in the room remember Promise Keepers, all right? I was one of them. Uh, and uh, when I actually gave my life, when I surrendered to the Lord, um, a guy that was with me challenged me and he said, hey, uh, it's great that you've made this decision, but I want you to do this. And he told me the scariest thing ever. He said, I want you to go tell old man Jenkins. And I was like, I don't have any idea who old man Jenkins is, but that just sounds scary to me because I was in like Redneckville, North Florida. It was, it was already a scary place that we were in. And he's like, I want you to go tell old man Jenkins. And if any of you remember this, like from the, the late 80s, early 90s, like before GPS, we would have to like print out MapQuest. Anybody remember like the 15 pages of MapQuest? So they're like, hey, we want you to go tell old man Jenkins about the decision that you made. And I'm like, that sounds scary, and I don't know how to get there. So they literally printed out like the map quest. Now, if you think texting and driving is bad, for those of us that like were looking at those 15 pages while we were trying to drive, it was, it was a nightmare. So they're like, hey, go tell old man Jenkins about the decision that you made. I'm like, okay, whatever. They didn't tell me much about him, but so I'm following the directions on map quest. I get to the end of the paved road, right? And I start down a two-track, like, gravel road. Hopefully, you'll get this picture in your mind in a second. So, leave the paved road. I'm still going down this two-track, and I get to the end of the two-track. The direction, I've still got, like, three pages of directions to go, and I'm now on a walking path. I've parked the car, and I'm walking. I'm in the woods. This is for any of you have, that have been to North Florida, it's not like sunny, beautiful beaches. It's like swamp. It's, uh, it's the makings of a horror movie, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's deep, it's dark, it's starting to actually get dark, and I'm now walking in the woods way far away from any other kind of civilization. 
So I make my way and I actually get to a little clearing in the woods and I can see this house, if you want to call it that, kind of shack-ish thing in the woods. And I see it and I see a little bit of glimmer in the window and I'm like, okay, this, is, this has got to be it. There's nothing else out here. Maybe this is like an old moonshine still. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm going. So I get up there walk up the little steps and as I get to like the third step, it's like all the wood is crunchy and soft and feels a little spongy. And uh, I'm like, this is scary already and I haven't even gone in. So I actually make my way to the door, kind of push my way through all the random junk things on the front porch. And there's a door and then there's like this old... uh, screen door, if you want to call it that. And I'm like, okay, here goes. So I knock on the screen door. That doesn't do any good, right? But the the screen door is kind of banging into the door. And I give it a couple of raps and I'm like, hello. That was the response that I got. It was nothing. It was crickets, right? So I'm like, okay. So I give it a couple of harder knocks. And this time the the screen door really kind of banged into the door a couple of times. I'm like, hello, Mr. Jenkins. Still nothing. I'm like, okay, I'm here. I might as well go for it. So I make sure that the door is kind of pushed onto the door already. So I'm getting good traction, right? All my guys here know where I'm going with this. And I like with this part of my hand, I'm like banging, Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, hello, Mr. Jenkins. And just as I get to like the third knock, it actually breaks the main door free and the door opens, right? So I'm like, I just broke and entered in this guy's house. I don't know what he's got in there, but it's that sound. And you can probably hear it. It's like, you know, that, that, that old shack sound. It's, I can see it in your face. You can hear it, right? So... The doors open, I'm standing there. I'm like, all right, I'm going for it. So I yell, try to announce my presence again, still nothing. I open the screen door and I kind of poke my head in. And as I do that, I see that the glimmer of light was actually uh, like a fireplace. Now that's weird because we're in Florida, right? People in Florida don't have fireplace, but that was literally the only source of light in this guy's house. And as my eyes were adjusting to the light, I could see there was like a silhouette of a chair. And in the chair was this little round thing kind of poking off the top. And that was his bald head, right? And all it is in front of me is a silhouette. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. Mr. Jenkins, my name is Bob Carlton. And today I gave my life to Christ. Still nothing. I'm like, is he dead? What's, what's going on? What, this is awkward. Is it a mannequin? I don't, I don't know what's going on. My friends, this is like the ultimate prank. Nothing in all my years of staying up late night watching horror movies could have prepared me for what was about to happen. I see in the silhouette this kind of old, gnarly shaky hand, just kind of reach over to the side of the chair and begin to grab the chair. The other shaky hand reaches over and grabs this stick. And I can see him coming out of the chair and he turns around and he's facing me now. 
right? So what was a silhouette is now starting to light up because of the light in the room. And I see his face and he's standing there and all of a sudden the stick starts to come up and I'm freaking out. I'm trying not to like have an accident right there in front of everybody and realize there might be kids in the room. So, so here he is, he's raising this stick and he's looking at me and he's, his eyes get real big and he looks at me and he yells right in my face, now! And I'm standing there shell-shocked and he starts waving this, I don't know if he's gonna hit me, he's like, now! Okay, Pause. I'm looking at the clock. I'm sorry, this is a party foul. This story has gone longer than it should. If I get time, I'll finish this story, okay? (laughs) Cliffhanger. I will do my best to follow that clock and make sure that I'm able to finish the story. All right. So, (laughs) are you there? Are Are you hooked? All right. I totally want to switch gears for a second. Okay, bear with me. Dave is like, I'm never having Bob come back again. <laughs> all right, this is good. You guys are talking back, all right? So this is, this is interactive. Hey, I said before, I'm Bob. I'm one of the pastors at High Point, and I have the privilege and the honor of leading the High Point, Net, High Point, Nend, High Point Send Network. And all that to say... Um, I get to serve pastors. I get to help and encourage and pastor pastors and pastors' wives. And you guys may not know it, but often pastors have nobody pouring into them or caring for them. And so a big part of our network is simply just us being together as an encouragement. So I love opportunities like this to come and share because... And what I'd love for us to walk away with today is not the story of the old man. Maybe that, that needs to happen as well. But I want to share with you some of the who, what, where, when, and why not only we as a network do what we do and are called to do what we do, but for some of us as individuals, the ways that we're wrestling with what is God calling us to do in our lives. And so real quick... Um, And I think churches get this, and I think you as an individual person, a follower of Jesus, those of you that are followers of Jesus, will get this. Side note, and I'm not going into another story, it's warm in here. Are you guys warm? My glasses are fogging up. Dave said uh, they're they're working on getting the AC to catch up, but it's it's all you amazing people that were singing so hard that uh, that warmed the place up. Anyway, just I want to recognize that so we can move on, all right? So back to our regularly scheduled program. So, so the what we tend to get, if my glasses start fogging up, I apologize. I swear I'm still awake. So um, the what is what we really don't have much of a hard time trying to follow. And so I want to share this with you. Um, are you guys all right if we open God's word? Yeah, we, uh, you guys are a Bible church. I like that, right? So if you open up God's word to Matthew 28, you'll see, you'll see the what, right? I can't see what's behind. There it is. All right. This is a no-brainer for most people who've been around churches for a while, right? You've probably heard this verse. Churches get it, and we as individuals get it. The what is Matthew 28, right? 
This is where Jesus is saying all authority, and I'm paraphrasing, but all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. Therefore, you, right? You, as you go, as you do life, as you live your life, make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey the things I've commanded, right? You guys have heard this before. This isn't the first time. If this is your first time here at this church, I don't want to assume that you know these verses, but this is what we refer to as the Great Commission. Commission is like our sending out. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, we've literally been commissioned by God through Jesus to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the places that we live and work and play. He's called us to go, right? We get that. Everybody give me a head nod if you're like, I've heard that, I get that, right? Okay. Churches get that. Networks get that. We all get that. Here's the second part. The who, right? The who and, the, and a bit more of the what is found in Matthew 22. So flip over there to Matthew 22. This is the great commandment, right? Jesus is talking, there's Pharisees, they're asking, you know, which is the greatest commandment? This is his response. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says the second command is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? So we've got the great commandment. We've got the great commission. So we're to go and we're to love. And if I had more time, I'd dig into these verses and we'd tear them apart. But I really want to get to a new idea for some of you, and that's called the great collaboration. The great collaboration is really found in John 17. One of the questions that often comes up, it says, if, we, if we're called to go and love, people are like, well, where am I actually supposed to do that? Where are churches supposed to do that? Where am I as a person supposed to do that? The where is something that you guys talked about a while back, and Dave told me you guys were in this great series on Acts. Anybody remember that? Right? You guys were in Acts for a while, right? But if you remember from Acts, Acts 1.8 says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will, not you might or you ought to, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You guys remember this, right? Acts 1a is really clear about that, and it paints this picture for the where. The cool thing about this is Jesus was talking to his disciples, and when he says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, they were actually standing in Jerusalem when he did that. Why do you think he said that? He said that because he's like, hey, we start here, right? We start in our own backyard. Yes, we're called to carry this message of hope and grace and truth and love to the ends of the earth, but we start here in the places that we live and work and learn and play. So we know we're called to go and love, and we have a picture from Acts 1.8 of the where. But the how, I think, is what churches and us as individuals really, really wrestle with. We get territorial, we get protective, um, and the idea of collaboration is huge. And so Jesus, again, is talking with his disciples, and he's talking to them about how to pray. 
And so in scripture, you can read it, but he's basically laying out the idea of God, Father, and he's, he's talking about, they're literally with him, but he's talking about them in third person to God. And he says, Father, may they be one like you and I are what? Like this relationship that we have, how we collaborate, how I depend on you for everything, may they live their lives that way. And so I, I know we commonly refer to as the great commission and the, command, the great commandment, but I would propose to you that if we really want to operate the way God wants us to as individuals and as churches, we should not do that without collaborating. So the great collaboration, again, this is, this is the book according to Bob. This is not scripture, but Jesus lays out this incredible picture for what and where and how we're supposed to do life. We're not supposed to do things on our own. Churches are not meant to be on their own trying to reach a city by themselves. Here's what this looks like for us as a network. Have you guys seen, uh, how many of you have ever been to the Redwood Forest? Anybody ever seen, other than this picture, anybody ever seen those in person, these gihugic trees? Right, what an incredible, incredible monstrosity of a tree. If you Google images of the Redwood Forest, there's literally trees that have tunnels in them you can drive buses through, right? These are gihugic trees, and there's forests full of them, acres and acres and acres full of them. They're big, they're powerful, they've been around a really, really long time. Surprisingly, the root systems of them are not very deep. They're actually really surfacy, and here's why that matters to us right now. This is the most beautiful picture, I think, in nature of true collaboration. So you've got these big individual church or individual churches, individual trees that have networked together for resources, right? So when there's in the redwood forest, when there is a, a, a drought, they're able to actually send resources to parts of the forest that are hurting for water. They're able to send nutrients. When the storms come, again, their root systems are actually not very deep, they're surfacing. They're actually able to lock and hold each other in place. They've survived for hundreds of years like this, right? This is a beautiful picture of collaboration and it's a beautiful picture of what our network is trying to be, that you are a part of, because when we do this, we help, we help make sure that our leaders are healthy, that our churches are growing, that our communities are being impacted, and also that we're multiplying networks. It's huge. And so I want to share this with you. Uh, for those of you who don't know about High Point Send, we are, and this may be helpful for you to know what you're a part of, is we're a diverse family of gospel-centered churches that are catalyzing church growth and church multiplication around the world. All right, that's a long sentence, but let me unpack it a little bit for you. We're a diverse family of gospel-centered churches. That first word there that stands out 
Uh, and I realize it's a loaded word, but we, we use the word intentionally. We are a diverse family of churches. Diversity, not just of skin color, but of thought, diversity of methodology. So all the churches in the network aren't exactly the same. We actually celebrate the differences, whether it's language or style of worship or how they preach. Like We all agree and align theologically and around our values, but we're different churches. So a diverse family of gospel-centered churches. There's a, there's a lot of other things that we could be focused on and centered on but we say that the gospel is what we're centered on and it will always be that way. And then the big thing is, is that we're catalyzing two things, church growth and church multiplication. The church growth piece is simple. Healthy organisms grow. Healthy pastors, healthy pastor couples, healthy churches grow. Healthy growing things multiply. So we know that the most effective and efficient means of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus is actually the starting of new churches. It's not just the opinion of the church planting guy who's coming to visit, right? It's actually, it's, it's fact. There's data that proves the most effective means of reaching people with the gospel is starting new churches like redemption. Let me hear it. Right on. That's what better way to impact Monroe than to actually start new churches. Not that the churches in Monroe aren't doing anything, but they are poised to reach people that have never been reached in Monroe. And so that's what we're praying for. That's what we're talking about this afternoon. So we're a diverse family of gospel-centered churches that are catalyzing church growth and church multiplication around the world. Is that me? Is there a bomb about to go off? Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. Um, all right, so um, it also is probably helpful for you to know that we are a network of networks. And here's what I mean by that. Let me, let me unpack this a little bit for you. High Point Church uh, is at the center, uh, it's the founding church for where uh, High Point Send Network came from. And so you can see this, the S actually stands for siblings. Right, I'm going to give you an overview of the whole network. The siblings are all of the High Point churches. They have the High Point name, High Point DNA, one church, many locations, mostly around the Chicagoland area. Okay, Pastor Ron, who was here last week, is the senior pastor of High Point Church, and he leads those churches. Right, so for us, that's the center for us. So that's our; those are our sibling churches. Then we have what we call extension locations. The extension locations, the E, uh, we have two of them right now. One is in Cincinnati. I was uh, preaching there a few weeks ago. Amazing, amazing pastor Mike. Uh, who has uh, got a vision and a heart for reaching the folks in Cincinnati. It's still a high point church, but they are independent. They have their own budget, their own elders. They're an extension of us. They have our name and use our logo, use our resources, but they're an independent church, just like High Point St. Vincent. Now, you guys know and have talked a lot about High Point St. Vincent. I'll give you a little more information on them in just a minute. But High Point St. Vincent is also one of our extension locations, 
And they are also, that's the, the, little, the little yellow triangle is, they're a hub. So they are assessing, training, and coaching church planters. They have a vision to plant churches all over the island. So they're a church multiplication hub in St. Vincent, right? So the next layer for us is what we would call the network. That's the N, right? And there are churches all over the world that are a part of High Point Send Network. There's also some networks in High Point Send. So I said before, we're a network of networks, all right? I'm giving you this 30,000-foot view just so you understand when we talk about these relationships. And even when Dave says, hey, we're praying this week for St. Vincent, you'll get a bigger picture of how this all fits in. So we actually have in our network, we have five hubs. We have a U.S. hub that's based in Naperville. We have a Caribbean hub that's based in St. Vincent. We have a European hub that's based in Romania. And from Romania, they're planting in uh, Romania, Germany, Italy, Spain, France, Croatia, UK, and now the Ukraine. We'll talk about that too. Uh, we also have a, a Russian hub that's in Siberia, like real, legit Siberia. You've heard and seen movies about Siberia. It's worse, right? <laughs> Especially right now. Right now, it is rough. I was, I was on a Zoom call through a really secure VPN with our pastor there, and it's, it's, it's rough, right? It's rough to be a, a Christian. It's rough to have friends with uh, uh, Americans right now for folks that are in Russia. And then we also have uh, a Liberian. So we got a Siberian and a Liberian. We got everything has to match, right? So Siberian, Liberian. West Africa is also one of our hubs where we're assessing training and coaching church planters, raising up folks and couples like uh, Blake and Jenna and sending them out to plant church. Does this make sense? All right, so there's lots of churches, individual churches, like this very next one, if you see the next slide, this is you, right? You're one of these churches in this network, right? And now, uh, through Pastor Dave's incredible leadership, you, like you guys are becoming a church multiplication center. You're, you're raising up church planters and sending them out. So pretty soon, that red dot is going to look like a yellow dot on our map, right? Because you're becoming a church multiplication center, and that's awesome. Uh, the D, the next part, is really just, I wish there was a better word for it. We're just calling that, that's the place where we're developing relationships, I wish there was a cool D word that we could use to make it all look better, like diaspora or something like that. But it's, it's just developing relationships. You might have actually come up with the word developing right there. I, I don't know, but um, that's send, all right? Everybody got that? Make sense? Okay. So here's what I want you to know is because of you, because of your generosity, because of the way that your pastor is speaking into the network, because we are collaborating as a network, as a family of churches, we are doing some crazy cool things. Uh, you can see on this next slide, like some of the churches that we're planting, notice at the top of the list is this next church plant from Monroe, Wisconsin. Every time I say redemption or Monroe, there's got to be hooping and hollering, right? Okay. All right. 
So we've planted a ton of churches, but we're also now planting new churches. And so at the top of the list is Monroe. We've got churches that are coming. There it is. Nice. Somebody was paying attention. All right. But we've also got some church church plants that are happening internationally. Uh, There's three more that are coming up in West Africa. We actually, and you guys are the first ones in the network to hear this, but we now are planting churches in East Africa as well. You'll meet Pastor Anthony, who's joining the network already, which is awesome. We can talk about that later. Surprise! Um, They are planting churches in East Africa and West Africa. And what's not on here, because we can't talk about it, and so this would be the place in the live feed to hit edit uh, or pause, Uh, there are several churches that are being planted right now in Russia and we just won't say where they are or who's leading them. So if anybody asks you, you know nothing, right? So it's not on here because we we're not advertising that. It's a closed place right now. So God is doing some crazy, crazy, crazy cool things, and we're super, super excited about what he's doing, especially in Monroe. Nice. Awesome. Okay. So uh, I mentioned before St. Vincent. Um, And in our network, we had no idea that one of our pastors' island, where they live and do ministry, was going to blow up. Like, the volcano has gone off over 30 times, uh, and it's still kind of rumbling. They actually wonder if there's another set of blasts that are about to happen. And so when one of our pastors, just like we showed that root system for the trees... When one of our pastors is hurting, we respond. Our churches talk about it, and we say there's three things we can do. We can pray, we can give, and we can go. And I have seen City on a Hill respond in gigantic ways. And so I want to say thank you for your generosity and the way, in particular, you've responded to St. Vincent. What you may or may not know is because of your generosity, because of the way you leaned in as a church to support the work that was happening there, they were actually able to set up nine safety centers, nine um, emergency shelters that the government actually asked them to lead. And as they did that, they started finding themselves with opportunities to share the gospel every night. And then their people started getting more involved in the the worship team. And they started doing services at night, trying to share hope. These people's lives were destroyed. Their homes, their families. I mean, literally, it blew off half the island. And you couldn't see, like, we couldn't even fly in supplies. We had to rent shipping containers and barges to try to get water and food there because the ash was so thick, you couldn't actually fly anything there. You helped make that happen. And at night, as they're doing these outreaches to all of these uh, emergency shelters, Pastor Al started sending pictures of the people responding to the gospel. And they're standing there with their hands raised, and they are being welcomed into the kingdom. And I just want to say thank you, because you helped make that happen. So go God, and way to go, City on a Hill. Uh, in I, I want to cheer and yell, so like that's a that's a that's a great thing. <laughs> similarly, similarly, what happened 
what started February 24th of this year in Ukraine, we had no idea was about to happen. And when this war started, we just so happened to have two new church plants right near the border of Ukraine and Romania. I told you before, we've got a hub that's in Romania. The main hub is in Arad, Romania. It's the capital city, but it's pretty far from the border of Ukraine. And there was a church in an area called Mamaya North that's right at the Black Sea, very close to the border. They were just about to celebrate their one-year anniversary as a church. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in a place where they are caring for hundreds and hundreds of refugees that are coming. And there's some amazing stories that are coming out of what God is doing in and through. There's way too many stories to tell. There's all kinds of videos and pictures that I would love for you to see. So here's, I'm giving you permission, like for those of you who are sneaking and playing Candy Crush, because I'm boring, right? Actually, pick up your phone and I want you to take a picture or uh, scan this QR code because we have a blog. Can everybody hit that? Literally, do it. Uh, I want you to have this information. This is a blog that has all of our videos and updates and pictures, everything that is happening in our response to the war in Ukraine right now, um, it's, it's updated. We've got churches that are working, that have set up shelters. We're literally, and again, you're in this. This is an all y'all. We're collaborating for Kingdom Impact, right? We're feeding thousands of people a day. There's one area actually in Ukraine, a city inside Ukraine. So we don't just have people on the Romanian side. We actually have people in Ukraine now that have set up shelters and tents Uh, We've got basically a big tent city. We've partnered with a couple of NGOs there. We're feeding thousands of people. You are helping make that happen. Your generosity and your partnership with the network is making that happen. So go to the blog, check out the stories, uh, see what's happening. So um, I'm getting the look from you of like, are you going to finish the story? (laughs) I was waiting for it to come out like, yeah, that's great. Ukraine, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but just finish the story, all right? So I, I said I would try, do my best to, to finish the story. Here's the reality. We talked about the, the what and the who and the where and the how, and all of that is great. I think you get, we are called to go We are called to love. We know what that looks like. We understand that we can actually do that better together, right? We can actually lock arms and we can be more effective when we do this together. The question is when? And here's how I would, here's how I would love for you to consider the when. As I was standing there, with old man Jenkins waving that stick, screaming in my face, now! In his old beady eyes and his gnarly voice and his shaky hands and that stick. That sound, like it literally sticks with me because in that moment, as I was standing there, like any 
normal, red-blooded, 21-year-old man who was hopped up on adrenaline and coffee. Um, I started to tense up. I started to bow up. But I actually turned and ran. I turned and I ran out of there. I ran out of his house. I ran off the porch and I ran through the woods to my car and I got the heck out of there. The whole time, he's screaming, now, now. And I never really understood. It took me years to figure out what was that about? What was that about? And it's in moments when I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I hear a window of opportunity to share love and grace and truth with somebody in that moment. It's when I'm standing at my back fence in my house and I engage in a conversation with my neighbor and there's just a little bit of a window for me to like drop some hope or drop some truth or share love and try to be the hands and feet of Jesus, whether it's at work or in the grocery store, wherever, it's in those moments, and I hope this is the case for you, that I hear old man Jenkins screaming in my face, beady eyes, waving stick, now! The answer is always now. Who are the people in your life right now that need what you have? Who are the people in your life right now that need the love and truth and grace of Jesus? I hope that their their faces, not old man Jenkins' faces, I hope their faces are coming to your mind right now because I want to pray for them and I want to pray for you. Father in heaven, we know that you love our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers, we know that you sent your son Jesus to pay a penalty for them that they could never, they could never pay. God, we also recognize that you have sent us, you put us in their lives for a reason. And so, Father, I pray, I pray for our friends and neighbors and all the people in the places that we live and work and learn and play. I pray for them. My, my, my brothers and sisters here now, the people that are in their minds, Father, you know them. You know the circumstances of their lives. I pray, God, that nothing would stand in the way of what you want to do in and through them, that they would receive your love, that they would know how much you love them. And God, if you would use us to bring hope to bring your love, to bring your truth and the grace that you offer through your son, Jesus. If you would use us, what an incredible privilege and honor and responsibility it would be. So I lift up every person, whether in this room or online, who's thinking of someone right now. Father, would you give them an opening? Would you give them an opportunity? Would you open a door so that they could share your love and your grace and truth? that they would know how much you love them. Father, use us. And Father, we know we're not meant to do this together. And so I'm so thankful, Father, for 
people that you've put in our lives to be a part of a church that loves its city, that's doing everything it can to love its city well. And so Father, I pray that we would find community, whether that's through a conversation or being a part of a a small group or a life group or a discipleship group. Father, we're not meant to do life alone and we recognize that you made us for community and you demonstrated that in your relationship with Jesus. And so as you as the model, we will follow you. Use us, Lord. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.